Hello, this is Ben Eshmaid and welcome to the King's Place podcast. On Sunday the 16th of February, you get to experience a live art collaboration between performance artist Michael Mayhew and avant-garde experimental flautist Gavin Osborne, entitled Mechanical Air, a Hypergraphic Score, a work which searches to rediscover a sense of awe. Enough from me, let's hear from the two collaborators, starting with the artist Michael Mayhew on the phone. How would you describe this 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 performance? It's, it's these things that we've kind of ended up calling hypergraphic scores, which are notational systems. So the work really does come off kind of incredible visual landscape, asking a series of questions. We're very aware of an audience-performer relationship. We work with different technologies, quite old technologies. Got interested in 16 mil and slide projectors because. Taking something like that into a concert hall is a bit of a no-no because they're so noisy. And in a way, they they are their own instruments. They're kind of a they're part of the band. So there's there's visuals. There's melting screens. So we've got we're working with screens that melt during the performance. There's a live flute, and there's the speakers run around and inside the audience. I think it will look quite beautiful. We're rehearsing at the moment in, in, in a space in the city here in Manchester and uh, it's kind of exciting. That's the feeling I'm getting and what it will look like, we're still finding out, to be honest with you. <laughs> we are on an adventure and one of the things that we've talked about is um, our starting point was going to the moon or was experiencing the planet Earth when... Uh, the Americans first went behind the moon. They were doing it uh, in 1968, and they kind of looked back and they kind of went, "God, that's where we live. It's an incredibly fragile space." You know, there's a 75-minute electroacoustic sound, which is, you know, uses everything from a ferry journey going across, coming back from Ireland. I worked in Ireland uh, late last year. A lecture from Robert Wilson, aeroplane, a lot of Apollo 8, the astronauts talking. Uh, dawn choruses. I mean, there's an incredible kind of fabric of humanity going on in the work. That idea of how do we experience or I'm going to be I'm going to speaking to Gavin next. A, a nice way to lead on from one interview to the other is I, I'm interested to know within the collaboration what you admire. We're so different, man. Honestly, I mean that I'm amazed <laughs> that he kind of considers working with me. <laughs> And I just, um, I really admire Gavin Osborne's eclectic theory gathering. <laughs> he's, a great, he's a great reader. I remember the first time we worked together, we were rehearsing for the day. Well, the performance was a whole day. And we just interviewed 50-odd people, 55 people. And they, people came in and told us extraordinary stories of people who had vanished from their lives. And I just remember looking at Gavin Osborne, who I didn't, who didn't really know, and he just sat there and he just watched it for the entire day and just kind of soaked everything up. And um, and I just admire him. I really, I, can, I kind of, I admire his, his stoicism. When he asked me to do this, I just went, I might be dead in two years, Gavin. But so he's incredibly stoic, and and in a way, kind of asked me to reflect upon what I do in different ways. So there's a number of variables there you know yeah i think he's i think he's a musical chap to have in your life 
What were your impressions when you met um, Michael for the first time? Well, Michael's a really very intense guy. I mean, it's, it's something that you, especially when you're meeting him on projects, projects are often kind of what are happening even when you're kind of in the pub with him. And I think when we first met, it was for a project for the Manchester International Festival. And immediately you're drawn into this intense look at what's kind of going on. He's always saying kind of like, does it really matter? Does it matter? Are you kind of looking at, are you engaged with something that really matters? And I think that's, that's what you always pick up with that. So I think that's kind of the sort of, that, that intensity is the impression that I always get from Michael. When I was speaking to Michael, he talked about it a little bit more about you sort of bumping into each other, a little bit more about, I suppose, you know, a little bit more about two worlds coming together. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very interesting for Michael because, of course, he's coming from this very long background which starts off in contemporary dance and then kind of evolves into live art and performance art which brings in all, all sorts of kind of political and sort of social questions and things like that. And, and then a few years ago, when, when we all started working together on various things, he, he made one of the early graphic scores, hypergraphic scores for an ensemble that I'm in, Trio Artem. And he's kind of really making this connection to a world which was, was very alien to him. There is this kind of thing of these, these two worlds which were in some ways kind of quite separate in terms of their disciplines, kind of starting to, to bump together and, and seeing what kind of happens there. There is, I think, a, a real element of collaboration going on because we're, we're really having to kind of make these forays into each other's territories to see kind of like how we can exist in them. This work is kind of calling into question what both of us are doing and seeing this kind of really fertile middle ground that we can work in. Um, and speaking to you both, it does seem like there is an incredible amount of ideas and, and sources all all sort of compact into the into this performance. Was, was that very much a deliberate thing? I think it's the way, I mean, Michael and I, although we come from quite different backgrounds, are very, very interested in process as part of the work. So it was very interesting. We were, we were talking to somebody the other day, a younger artist, and he said that as far as he was concerned, process was an obstacle that you had to get through. And Michael and I were really kind of astounded by that because for us, the kind of process of, of making the work, building the work, exploring what the work could be is, is kind of a, really a, a major part of the work and all that filters into the, the finished product if there is really any, anything like a finished product because it's still kind of evolving and growing. And the idea that the, the distant image of Earth and that it's built up into this interrogation of uh, how we treat the planet, how we treat ourselves, how we're kind of surrounded all the time by noise pollution and, and whether that's healthy or not, and how that still relates back to what were originally considered to be mind-blowing images of being able to actually see our planet from space. I, I wanted to talk about the, maybe the sort of delve into the practicalities of, of, of the project. Um, I believe you're, you're working from some kind of visual John Cage-esque score. Well, it's correct in a way. I mean, it's kind of interesting because there seems to be a sort of renaissance in interest in graphic scores at the moment, which is, is kind of really curious to us because Michael's sort of started to work in this kind of thing for, for quite a few years now and it just sort of chimed at the same time as Teresa Sauer's Notations 21 came out which was the, the kind of exploration of, of current graphic scores and there is an element of that but I think with Michael's scores they, it goes it goes a little bit further I mean it's it's very different for me 
as a as a flute player than just playing what I think of as kind of conventional graphic scores, the kind of graphic scores that kind of start with Earl Brown and John Cage and have kind of developed over the last sort of sixty or seventy years or so, where you have kind of visual information and occasionally some sort of text information to kind of help you along. But quite a lot of the time, what you're doing is you're you're sort of assigning sounds to graphics, and you you're, you're either giving instructions on how to do that or you're building that world for yourself. But with with Michael's concept of the hypergraphic score, because the the hypergraphic score drags in so many other things, you know, sort of psychogeography and politics and ecology and all sorts of other things which are extra musical and that, that music sometimes finds quite hard to to successfully engage with you're really having to work in a very very different way you're having to uh, not only kind of say oh this this blob is going to be a loud sound or this blob is going to be this particular extended technique you're really having to think in a much more uh, engaged involved way with the whole project it's much more than that a challenge to the the musician about how can you engage with this information and produce something that's both sound but is both kind of uh is, is also responsible to the, the kind of concepts and ideas that go into the images and stuff like that. I, I'm interested to know how you see uh, reading off a score like that and, and reacting, how, how that differs from improvisation. Yeah, there are definitely, I, I think with all graphic scores, there's an element of improvisation going on uh, and an element of finding sounds that you think fit for that situation and that you, you perhaps return to whenever a particular piece of score comes up. One of the things that Michael originally about the project was it was a challenge to what can the flute do but we, we kind of quickly discovered that the the flute is really an instrument that's been very well explored in terms of what it's actually sonically capable of so then i started thinking about sound combinations on the flute if we weren't inventing new sounds could we combine sounds that would really work that, that you could keep as a kind of set which you could use with the score but actually it's, it's come to the point where where i'm not really thinking about that because what i'm thinking about really is what what sound is really necessary in, in any given moment and it may be that the stimulus of that is a graphic image that I'm looking at and it may be that I have a, a, a sort of sound world that I'm trying to inhabit for that which may mean specific sounds that I return to or it may mean just a feel that I'm trying to get but I'm also trying to deal with sound that I'm hearing and responding to that as well as the the, the film images and, and also actually just the general kind of conceptual ideas of the piece I'm trying to have to keep in mind it's a difficult balance and a really challenging balance between just pure improvisation and getting stuck in sounds that you always return to, which is basically composing, which is kind of not really what we're after either. The, the trick is to really always be alive to what's going on at that moment. And it may be that I'm always doing something similar, or it may be that sometimes I do something completely different. But the, the essential thing is that I'm doing what, what seems to be kind of really necessary from any of the kind of stimuli that I'm, I'm being confronted with or trying to engage with at, at that particular time. With all the kind of stuff we've been working with, I've all always gone away experiencing the world in new ways, hearing kind of the sound of planes flying overhead and being linked to kind of the questions that the, the piece is trying to ask about what we're kind of doing here in this kind of blue marble that we, that we live on. And things like train sounds and things like siren sounds all call me back to the questions that the work is asking. And I think that's kind of what we're, we're hoping is that we can both return the audience to this positive and almost sort of soul-opening idea of what awe might be, and also that when they go back out into the world, some of the things that they are hearing or seeing or experiencing are calling them back to the kinds of questions 
the piece is asking. And I think if, if we've done even kind of a little bit of that, I think the, the work will, will be, be successful, I think. See this one-off performance of Mechanical Air, a hypergraphic score, in Hall 2 on Sunday the 16th of February at 4pm as part of the Out Here Experimental Strand. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about this event, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>